So what do you do when your body's on heat? Let's talk about it. It's absolutely going to happen because no matter what happens, your body's going to indicate, hey, I want to have sex. So what do you do? And it's this tension between this celibate lifestyle, but at the same time, my body's letting me know that something needs to happen. So one of the things that I found really, really helpful for me is going salsa. I'm burning calories, okay, because I need to get slim. But at the same time, I'm not thinking about, let me go and dial somebody's number. Another thing that's really good for me is I may write or go to the gym. You are in control of your body. It doesn't override you. You can override it. And a perfect way to do that is through changing that sex energy from one thing to the next. Having urges, there's nothing wrong with that. It's what you do with those urges. Let's be clear here. There is a difference between having urges and having sex. They're completely different. I can't speak for men because I'm not one. But for us women, depending on how long our menstrual cycle is, we may find by day 14, we're peaking. We're actually blazing now. And I began to break that down. And I'm like, oh, this makes so much sense. So whereas I felt guilty before, now I understood that my body in the way that it's made up, when I ovulate, which is when the egg's being released from the ovaries to travel down the fallopian tube, to ready itself to receive sperm, my body is now indicating, hey, you need to have sex because we need sperm so that this egg can be fertilized, right? So in the knowing of that, I became so empowered. And I'm like, oh, well, I know around this time I'm going to be on heat. So let me not put myself in a situation Okay, so let's look at this a bit deeper. When we have urges, what's going on on a deeper level? Are we feeling like a bad person? Like we're in the middle of sin? Are we feeling we're going against what is that we feel our faith is saying? Like what's really going on? Because oftentimes like there's lies that we just believe that aren't necessarily true and then we empower those things and they become something which we really don't need them to be. So consciously, what is happening in our hearts when we get those urges? It will happen, but it's what do you do with that once it does? So let me tell you a story about my whole booty core situation. Before the phrase of, you know, friends with benefits, I had my contract dude and I knew that I could pick up the phone. Ten minutes later, he was at my house and it felt powerful for me to be able to do that. And there was a sense of like I'd numbed my emotions towards this person and I was literally just using him for his body. And one day I realized like, like, how are you doing this? Like this is this is just a horrible thing to be doing to somebody. And it started to make me feel very devalued. It started to make me feel like I was a horrible person. And, you know, I'm just going to call it out. I was manipulating this individual to get my need met. And just as I'm thinking about this, I'm like, wow, okay. So basically the very thing 
that had happened to me when I was 14, I was actually replaying in my life with this guy as an adult. I was manipulating this, this person to get my fix, to get a desire met. In the moment with the guy, like, it was great. But once he had left the house, like, I know that I was feeling really bad about myself. And I think the straw that broke the camel's back was when one day I came home to flowers that were from him and him proclaiming his love. Like, now, I'm telling you, I thought I had my emotions under control, but the reality of the situation was that this is somebody's child. You know, this is somebody who has feelings and I'm a really, really bad person just using this person for that. Another example, pornography. That's something that when people are on heat, they turn to that because it's this this rationalisation of like, okay, well, I'm not physically doing this with somebody, so therefore it's better than going and having sex with someone. And it's reducing, you know, the risk of pregnancy, STD, STIs and all of that kind of stuff. Another example may be masturbation. You know, you may find that you're going ahead and using toys or whatever that is to to get to that place and creating images in your mind of scenarios. But the question to ask yourself is, what does that make you think and feel about yourself? Like, what is going on in your mind? Like, what are you believing to be true about who you are when your body is on heat? Because oftentimes those things are going to dictate the outcome. If you're from a faith-based background, you know what, I'm a sinner. So, you know, this is, this is, and it just starts to feel very disempowering. But what I want you to know and what I want you to hear is that you are a powerful person and that you can control your body. Your body does not control you. And in controlling your body, you don't want to lose sight of yourself. Sex is complicated for me in that I remember one way that I was making myself feel powerful, so to speak, was I was involved in this whole cyber sex world. And with that, you know, I knew that I could use my voice and I knew that I could use my words to get men into a particular state of being. Like, I knew that. I knew I could do that. And I, and that felt powerful. I could walk away from that situation. I, well, I haven't violated my conscience. You know, I haven't done anything physical. This was for them to reach their climax, but it was still manipulation at the end of the day. On my end, wanting to feel in control, wanting to feel powerful, which, you know, as, as I'm thinking about it more and more, you know, it there was a sense of powerlessness. Like I, I feel like the core root of a lot of my teenage years and early adulthood was feeling powerless. And in that, this is how I get my power back, you know, controlling sex, controlling what I'm saying to other people to get them to a particular state was a way that I felt powerful. Oftentimes, the way that we're dealing with it, it's involving other people. And we have to understand that these other people have emotions, you know, they have thoughts, they have, you know, all of those things are valid. So we must think consciously about the other parties involved and having boundaries around the things that we're actually doing and saying. So what I want you to think about is what do you do when your body's on heat? 
You may never have thought about this before, but it's going to take some reverse engineering here. You may think, okay, well, when I was on heat before, this is how I was feeling. Write that down. Like, is your tendency to want to phone that person just to see if they're okay when you know they're fine, but you want to call them anyway? Because, you know, if you say one thing over here, you know that they're going to instigate something else and then you're going to end up in each other's houses or wherever and, you know, it's on. And then you're going to say to yourself, well, it wasn't my fault because I didn't make it happen when you know that you used your words to instigate the whole thing in the first place. Okay, let's keep it 100 out here. What are the things that you do when your body's on heat? What I've done is I've made it really, really easy for you. So you don't have to remember all of these action steps right now. You know, when you're on heat, just go to sherlinwilson.com. You will find the action steps that go with this podcast. You can print them. You can sit down and just really take time to think about this. Like, what do I think about myself when I'm on heat? Write these things down, answer them as honestly as you possibly can and use this as a part of your purity plan to help you be successful in this area. Just go to ShirleyWilson.com and find the resources that you need.